In honor of reaching the 100 episode milestone a few weeks ago, today we're doing a little best of episode with a few interviews and segments that we gathered together to show you how much we love doing this podcast. So from us to you, our listeners, thank you so much for listening and thank you for your support. And we just really hope you enjoy it. What's up, guys? Welcome to Between the Reps with Brooke and Gina. I am Brooke Entz, and uh, here's a little thing about me, I guess. I am a CrossFit Games athlete. I went to the CrossFit Games in 2015. I I won two events. That is my claim to fame. Huge deal. <laughs> yes. Big deal. I was an Amazon in the movie Wonder Woman. You probably won't see me that much. That's all right, but know that I was there. It couldn't have happened without me. I was also an Amazon in the movie The Justice League. You definitely saw me in that one. I saved the queen. So when you see the blonde holding up the wall, that's me. Um, I am super driven. I want to build tons of businesses, help people, um, motivate people. Uh, I've got Enswear. It's a clothing line, apparel line. That's something I always thought I would want to do, but didn't know that it was going to happen. And I also just launched a program, a programming company and we have an app it's called the naked training app and our program is called the uh the naked program and it is about looking good naked it's about the 99 percent of people out there that just want to feel good about themselves and be strong and be surrounded by positive community and that's what we're building and it's awesome i'm I honestly do have so much going on that I forget all the things that I have going on. Well, now you're doing a podcast. And now I'm doing a podcast, so now I get to tell you guys all these cool things. Well, and I the, the more you're going on and on with all the things Are you you're doing. Asleep? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm just sitting here going like when it gets to Gino. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what am I going to well, say? Well, guys, I'm a mother of four. Uh, I stayed at home mom for a lot of years and uh, you know, met met Brooke cuz we invested in a gym and now I'm just lucky enough to go on all these adventures with her. She's been so good about giving me these opportunities and trying to reinvent myself, figure out what I want to be when I grow up. And uh, yeah, so that's that's me in a nutshell. And she is definitely, you all know, she's older than me. And I love having her around. She is experienced with many things, including all the stuff that we go through as women and I'm going to go through. That's also why I keep her around. I've done it so first. as I go through it, she's already gone through <laughs> it. Um, she is very intelligent. She's, you know, level-headed. I like to keep her around for business things. And more than that, I find it so entertaining to put her kind of on blast. And we never thought we would be doing, I mean, I definitely never thought I'd be doing a podcast. No way. Actually. Well, I, I definitely, definitely never thought that. <laughs> so let's just put that. Yet here we are. <laughs> yes, here we are. <laughs> and with doing it comes a level of stress. Uh, yeah. And for you means hives. Yeah, a lot of hives. Yeah. I can't talk about it right now because I'm honestly sweating so bad that I like, I need, I'm like, can somebody come over here and blow in my armpits or something? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, getting here was, was fun, too. You know, got down here. Not only did I have a food allergy with my lip, my lip's actually almost touching this microphone for any of you that, uh, well, I guess you can actually see it later if you go on your YouTube because they're filming it. Gina is uh, Gina's worst case scenario girl. I am. So things that could kind of go wrong tend to go wrong for her sometimes. Which I think is another reason why you like being around me. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the entertainment. 
sure. I mean, vice versa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, for sure. So, yes. So, hey, Just- what's our podcast going to be about? <laughs> hey, so we're here now, but what hey, are we doing? so... <laughs> Let me um, ask you really naturally. I think just like my, uh, I don't, I think, I know, just like my YouTube channel, uh, there is so much more to to me and what I'm doing and to me and Gina than just training, um, but it is the cornerstone of almost everything that we do. Health and fitness is so important to us that that is going to be a big portion of what we're going to be talking about and touching on on our podcast, but within that um there's a lot of other things we may want to talk about, you know, that's not necessarily what we're doing in the gym, but it might be what things are affecting us outside the gym, whether it's um, shopping for clothes that right. fit or don't fit, yeah. for shopping for food, um, experiences when we're traveling. Right. It'll just be like our personal experiences really, with all of these different things. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Um, it's just life. And our life is so wrapped around caring about, you know, how healthy and fit we are. Um, in all aspects of that, not just, again, in the training facility or in the gym. And that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. It's episode two, which means we haven't, they haven't kicked us out yet, Gina. We've made it past the first, so we we're We haven't we're good. failed. Yeah. And they're wanting more. Yeah. So what that's are we going to talk positive. about today? Today, we're talking about boobs. <laughs> Be more specific, we are talking about breast augmentation. Uh, some of you... Hopefully, some of you don't know who I am because that means that I am, my audience is getting bigger and that's a good thing. Not only for this podcast, but for, I guess, honestly, my brand and my career yeah. and yours. Because <laughs> now we're building you on that's right. a big one. It's mine, um, mine too. I recently had my, my boobs redone. I had my breasts done in college, actually. And I got them redone. Obviously, no one... Oh, some people probably speculated that I had fake boobs, not because they were big, but because of, I guess, the way they may look. And I was really, really muscular. So. Yeah. Well, I think I honestly, I think a lot of people were surprised when they realized you'd had boobs. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised the amount of people that didn't know that yeah. they were real. But um, I recently got them redone and I've. Me and Gina actually did a little uh, Instagram live where we talked about it because I was getting so many questions. In fact, it was I it really loved it. Um, I was very honest about what I had had done. And so many women, you know, that had been wondering or, you know, interested or they were also about to go through a surgery, just like a lot of you had a lot of questions and we tried to answer them on, a, on an Instagram live um, and you have been asking for us to do another video on it. So now we're doing a podcast on it. <laughs> well, and we're not saying like this is not like a, a pro <laughs> boob job or not. Like we're just, you know, explaining our experiences with it because we both have fake boobies. So yep. and we have very different experiences. But um, or have done it for different reasons. Yeah. So, yeah. So we just wanted to let everyone know what our experience is. Yeah. And we'll try and touch on um, a lot of the different questions like what type under the muscle, over the muscle training, sports bras. Can you work out? How can I work out? Bench pressing, things like this. We'll try and we're going to talk about all that. How big did you go? Yeah. How big did you go? How many cc's do you have? And um, and we'll also touch on a couple other you know, subjects that are going to come along with that. You know, it's a uh, body image. Um, people that are, you know, really want to like be very <laughs> against doing it. 
Um, I will say it's 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 really a to each their own type of a thing. Sure. And I think what we all can learn from this is that you should worry about your own body. Like, literally, I mean, right. you can't you can't decide. I I don't know. You know, it's it's not a subject that is like touchy, but. In this day and age, everyone well, gets offended really easily. Yeah, and so. I, think, I think people get it mixed up with like self-love. Like this is not, we're not talking about self-love right here. Like we're just talking about like what made us feel better about ourselves. Yeah, it's, it literally not comes what, down to what you wanted to do right. and it's your body and it's not mine. So I'm not going to worry about it except exactly. for I'm going to worry about your body, Gina. <laughs> you better go through me for everything. <laughs> I'm going to ask you permission for everything. Hey. Uh, <laughs> so, first and foremost, you want me to tell, I can start and tell my very first experience, or do you want to tell your very I first feel like, experience? Uh, I feel like you should tell your experience. My first one. Yeah. All right. So. You had your first boobs done when? A younger me. <laughs> I was in college, and I, well, first of all, it's me. I have two sisters. My mom and my oldest sister were very well endowed. Okay. Right. Like my mom um, all, I mean, always had really big boobs. In fact, she was having so many back problems because of this weight, the weight that you're carrying that she had them, re- she had them reduced years, like years oh, and years ago. I didn't ago. realize that. Yeah. And then my sister, my oldest sister, same thing. I mean, she had really, really big boobs and same thing. She ended up getting them reduced because they're heavy and you carry them around everywhere you go. Right. Uh, me and my other sister, I'm the youngest. Nothing, man. Nothing. I mean, my nickname. Oh, my God. I'm going to tell you guys this and you better not use it. <laughs> don't you be tweeting this at me. Actually, I don't care if you do. Mosquito bites. A, a bunch of you have probably oh, heard the same thing. Oh, man. My sister was talking about before. my mosquito bites right. and my mom. And it was like, that's just the way it was. It was fine. Right. And that's no, that's not why I got my boobs. Everyone's like, oh, because you had no boobs. You got your boobs done. No, I went to college. I always had like you know, an A cup, a double A Sounds cup. Sounds like you just had a nipple if you had mosquito bites. Yeah. Well, I mean, double A <laughs> cup. Okay. Um, very small boobs. And I went to college and I got into doing more like uh, going to like a Globo gym. And um, I did a figure competition. So I was a modern dance major at the University of Utah. I always was a very, very athletic dancer. I've had a, my genetics. I have a very athletic build. Um, we can talk about that another time. <laughs> But we had someone come and teach a class at the university, and she was a kickboxing instructor, and she was Miss Utah for fitness. And I remember her coming, and uh, she was like, they dance around, and they're very athletic, and she had this beautiful body, and it reminded me a lot of, like, my natural body. And so I was very interested in seeing, like, what it is that she did, and I wanted to try one too. Well, at the time, they didn't have for fitness. Uh, fitness is like the girls that dance around and they do like one hand oh, push-ups right. and things like that. Yeah. But they only had figure or bikini. So I had this opportunity to do a figure competition and I did that. Well, when you I did that, I leaned out quite a bit. I lost some weight. And then after the show, when I started to gain a little weight back, a little fat back, I had lost all my boobs. And when they started to grow back, mine were significantly different sizes. Like... From what I understand, all women kind of have, we're not super symmetrical. So like one right. is typically a little bigger than the other one. But mine was uh, like significantly different. So in like a, my bra, I'd have, I would fill out one side and not even come close to the other side. 
And that was just the way that they were growing back. And it was more of like a, it was a self-esteem thing for me in college, you know? Sure. But I was a dancer and I was in a a leotard 24-7. I didn't want to get big boobs where everyone was like, could tell that I had fake boobs. The goal was to have boobs that were the same size. Were the same size. (coughs) And are you sick? No. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm breathing all over this microphone. (laughs) I have boobs that were the same size. And I went to my parents and talked to my parents and we agreed we would we would do this. So I had the surgery, got them done. This is in college, so it was right during that Christmas break. So I was taking a break from dance, so I didn't have to worry about it, like training and stuff. Right. I do remember we went under the muscle. They went through my armpit actually, so I didn't have any scarring on my chest. And it was a uncomfortable comeback, but at the time I wasn't doing a ton of weight training. So I don't think it was as com- uncomfortable as it would have been if this time was my first time. Right. You know what I mean? Because when they go under the muscle, they basically go in and they cut a pocket. And that pocket is where they put the implant. And in that area, you'll get scar tissue and it kind of creates a space for it. Um, so when I got them redone, I had been wanting to get them redone. Um, but when I got them redone, it was still... A recovery process of me having to take a um I think it was like six weeks well you were already recovering from something else that's why you yes. chose to do it when you did yes yeah. so so that was that I knew, was that, another I knew that I had to do stem cell injections on my shoulders right and I was gonna be not doing any overhead work any overhead training for a while right a long time so I was like well this is the perfect time to be able to recover from everything because there's never gonna be a time where I'm gonna be like I can't train my upper body so it was the perfect time for me to get them done. I'd been wanting it, wanting to get them redone. It had been, uh, what, like 10 years. And So I have a question for you. Why did you want to get them redone? I feel like people would be interested in that. They would be interested in that. Okay. I mean, you had a lot of people asking yeah. you that. So, yeah. Um, so for me, this is what I was told. Um, I got my boobs done. They're very swollen. And then when the swelling went down, like you kind of have these, you you know, you mm-hmm. have the checkups where you go back to the doctor and they check them and all this stuff. Well, I remember my swelling went down and my right, my right boob sat, like implant, sat slightly lower than my left. And I mean, you can feel my sternum and it's a little bit uh, uneven, but the doctor had told me that the reason it was like that was because of my sternum. <laughs> Sorry for he lied. Liar. He lied. <laughs> <What a> liar. <laughs> he, he, he basically lied. screwed up. Yeah, he screwed up. So but you, but how, he yeah, told but how me. Would you he, know? he told me that that's what it was from, <laughs> and <laughs> and so for me, I had this uh, area on my chest, and I'm I'm fairly lean, and I have I'm, genetically, I have like thinner, like thin skin, uh-huh. and I just got used to seeing it like that. Like, and it always sat a little bit lower, and. I was fine with it for a long time. And then I think, through, you know, it wasn't as noticeable back then as it became, as I became more... More athletic. Athletic right. in, in a new sport. And so it was just an insecurity that I had. Um, I didn't like to wear any shirts that were low cut. I was insecure about wearing bikinis. And it was something that I just, I just came to terms with, but it was still something that did bother me. And um, I knew that I wanted to go in and, you know, find a doctor that was the best and see if 
that was the issue with my sternum because right. what the doctor told me is he said the only way we could fix that is we'd have to go in break your sternum wait the original doctor yes. said this yes break your sternum rebuild it like reconstruct it and i was like i don't need perfect boobs that bad <laughs> And that's that's what he told me. And then you well, know, of course he did. He was like, yeah. You're like, well, no, please do not break my yeah. So my chest. When I had this opportunity and this this amount of time that I was taking off from my upper body, I was like, this is kind of the perfect time to do this. And I had already found a doctor because we had been talking, Gina, about mm-hmm. me like just going in to a doctor, having them look at me, create a plan, right? Not to, to have surgery right now, right. but just to create a plan so I knew. I could almost like strategically place it either in a specific year or a specific time of year to be able to have it done. And it was just the right time. Hey guys, welcome to Between the Reps with Brooke and Gina. And this is our first episode where we have a guest. Yay! I feel so honored. Guest host. We're all hosts here. Yeah. Yeah. We're all equals. We have Brianna Cox, and she is a really good friend of mine. I've known her for a long time. She is a pre and postnatal specialist, personal trainer. She's been training for 10 years, um, specializes in nutrition. And we're having her on to talk about being pregnant while you are still training and staying healthy. She is having her third baby, so she has way more experience than me and even way more experience than Gina because Gina never, never, worked was, out. never was training. <laughs> I didn't work out when I was pregnant. <laughs> but you can find her on social media, on Instagram, at bodybybree2, so the number two. She's got online coaching. She's now actually a coach with me in my Naked program, which we are revamping and relaunching new stuff for early next year. So, yeah, you're going to see a lot more. You are going to see a lot more of her. (laughs) Not Um, more. You're going to see not more of her. You're going to see a whole hell of a lot more of her through my social channels as we start launching new programs. But what we want to talk about today is something I know half about, Gina knows half about, and Brianna has first... She knows all about. She knows all about <laughs> all it, and about it's it. being all pregnant yeah. and training. So you are currently 15 weeks pregnant Yes. with baby number three. Yes. Which is crazy, because she's teeny. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not. She's teeny, like, she yeah. shows up, looks so teeny, cute. Teeny, tiny. I'm we rolled a, out of bed. I'm a total hot mess. <laughs> no, I just flew no. into Atlanta. got it together, man. And she's adorable, and she's like, <laughs> she's tiny. Anyways, before we get into it really quick, just give me a little rundown about like, a few bullet points about you that other people may not know, and then we're just going to get right into a about how hard it is to build a baby. Right. It is hard. Um, just a couple bullet points. I already have two children. So I just... Experience. How old are they? Yes. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Oh, you're busy. I am busy. They're adorable. I'm Ugh. very busy. But I feel like um, I just can relate to moms. And that's what I am very passionate about. Because I always see women working out and they're doing things that I'm like, stop, you're going to hurt your body. So it's just like my mission to help spread this information because I'm so passionate about it. And I hurt myself after my first, so I'm like, I don't want other people to do that, you know? So what specifically would you say was like the biggest issue coming back, I guess? 
Um, which is re- like at a certain point needing to be like, now I have to really start over with like my pelvic floor. Yes. And I think you're just not used. Like for me, the first baby, I was like, whose body is this? Like I had no idea. My hips were wider. So then my knees were out of alignment. My back hurt. You have extra progesterone in your body. So you can pull muscles really easily and ligaments. Your joints are all loose. Like it is the weirdest. And you're like kind of humbled because you're like, oh man, <laughs> I'm not- got to start all over again. <laughs> yeah, no. right. So I think that was probably the hardest and also just listening to your body and taking it slow because, like I said, just jumping right back into it too soon is where you do damage. And also, I was going to say, when you're doing your workouts when you're pregnant, most women don't realize that their abs have separated. Yeah, I've I've definitely heard a lot about that and seen that separation that like doesn't yes. come back together. Yes, yeah, the diastasis recti. So you'll have everybody's abs will separate when they're pregnant. That's just what happens. It's a baby coming through. So your abs have to go to the side. Yep. So for me at like 15 weeks, mine are already separated. I've already cut out all core exercises. Like this baby, I am so much more cautious because when you keep doing abs, when your abs are already separating, it's just gonna keep pulling them apart. It's just gonna put more pressure on your abs. Right. And it's going to make them separate faster. And women think, oh, I'll keep working core so my stomach stays smaller. But that's the opposite of what you want to do. Oh, because it doesn't want to go all the way back together? Yeah, because when you're, let's say you're doing planks and your abs are already separating, it's just going to keep separating Yeah, because when you flex your core, it definitely does, like, uh-huh. things start to contract. So right. if, yes. if you're already, your body's pulling it this way, right. it's still wanting to contract. It's probably... Mm-hmm. It's too much pressure. So like right now, if I lean back, my abs cone out in the middle yeah. because I have like a one inch gap where I don't have any abs. Right. And yeah, so, I've seen that and you can almost like feel yes. it. Yes. And it's so like an that's alien. exactly <laughs> once that starts happening, you want to stop. stop doing all your core exercises. And then same with like the jumping, pounding movements. Even first trimester, things are super like you just have to be very careful because you can knock the like sack off of the walls and so you just want to be careful with doing like pounding stuff like box jumps Mm -hmm. you know ice running jumping jacks that's all fine but just pounding stuff you want to be careful with and i cut out now that i'm in my second trimester i cut out box jumps running even because it's still like your your uterus is so heavy and it's still pounding on your pelvic floor muscles and mine are weak so i'm like very very cautious so anyway i think a lot of times people think too it's like it's for the baby you know what I mean? I mean, the baby's yeah. protected, right? Yes, yes. And so everyone's like, oh, the baby's fine because like, it's got all the liquid around it or whatever. Yeah. But it is really just for, for your, your own body. Yes, you're supporting muscles. Right. So then after women have a hard time like holding their pee, you know, like their bladders are like super loose. Yeah. Everything's loose. And you can have prolapse where your uterus actually drops. I've heard of that. Yeah. It would be so terrifying. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> what yes. is that? <laughs> Sorry, my like, uterus just fell out. <laughs> just fell out. No, seriously. <laughs> no, seriously. Or like you or you feel like your insides are so loose that like they're oh, gonna fall out. You right. feel it. That's it's terrifying. so loose. So you want to just avoid that at all costs. So, I just yeah. my hands this. are full. You no, just rolling out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just talking to somebody about this because they they have a PT or something like that that's just for pelvic floor. Yes, yes. And it's well, my crazy. friend Jen has one. No, so she went in and this woman like she like laid on her back. She put her finger in her vagina mm-hmm. and then made her do a, like a kegel like, and hold uh-huh. it for ten seconds. And I was like, I'm doing what? one right now. 
are, are they qualified to do that? Like, do you like check someone's qualifications? Can you imagine, like, if a man just came up and was like, hey, I'm going to put my finger in your vagina. Squeeze. I want you to squeeze. I'm going to hold it for like 10 seconds. And nope, yeah, you're good. Yeah, that is crazy. You have to, like, actually go to physical therapy to repair your pelvic floor if it's that damaged. Well, and because there's no, I mean, there's no other way to get to it. Right. Exactly. You know I mean, there's like, um, I mean, I've never had anyone. I've never had anyone. Like, 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 like you're strapping in or something like that. Like, have you seen yeah. the Kegel weights? They're like oh, weights yes. that you hold in. Yes. You have to try to hold them. You have to hold them in. Oh, I've actually works, done that though. before. Yeah. It works. Yeah, I used to well, do I, it in the I'm, shower. A girlfriend of mine, she like, and I get like this if I'm on my on my period. Like in the middle of a training session, I get the gnarliest cramps. Mm-hmm that like everything is like seizing up basically and it's it feels the only way I can describe it to people mostly it's like to men or try to no that also happens that's for another episode that is true and it well that's for a different episode it's like Arnold but basically I tried to explain <laughs> <laughs> it feels like I am coming yeah <laughs> I'm glad you got that reference. <laughs> but I'm like, when I tried to explain it to like men mostly, I'm like, it literally feels like my insides, like my low, like your low pelvic floor is like a wet rag being wrung out. Right. And it's like, for her, it will happen, like for Jen, it happens a lot. And it's, it is, it will last for so long after she trains and it happens during competitions. And so she started working with like a, same thing, like a pelvic yeah. floor specialist. It's like. Oh, because she's had kids. Yeah. No, Jen hasn't had no oh. no kids. Oh, she's just so just, tight down there. Yeah. Oh, well, good for her. Oh, well, good. We all want to be tight down there. <laughs> well, good yeah. for her. Oh, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you are. <laughs> but on the opposite end, there are women who are scared to work out mm-hmm. because they're like, "Oh, I don't want to, you know, hurt anything." And then that, on the other hand, is also not good because no. yeah. it's so 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 beneficial. It makes your labor faster, your recovery way quicker it even helps with like varicose veins helps with your blood circulation all of your like when you get cankles and yep. stuff it helps with all of that because when you work out you know you're moving you all your move blood, that blood around exactly it helps with your mood it helps you eat healthier so i'm like the biggest advocate of working out pregnant and it's completely safe you just have to know the modifications well and you really just have to i mean if like for me same thing it's like i've I know how to work with pregnant women in the gym, but I it's still different than when you yourself are pregnant because yes. everyone's going to have a different pregnancy. So yes. super important to practice being able to check in with yourself mm-hmm. to know how things feel and then get off like, you know, you're going to have to be humble. Yes. Like you said, like you, you were humbled because especially in, I think people like from my sort of training, like we really do, you train through you know, discomfort. Mm-hmm. And when we train people, we're teaching them to that, like, uh, this discomfort isn't bad. Yeah. So now if you've learned how to, like, understand Push that, like, through. this pain is right. actually not bad, it's actually good. And that's how we see results. And it's that's how you build muscle and get stronger. Well, now you're going to have to start to learn another way of, yes. like, well, that's important to have. But now you're learning your body in a whole mm-hmm. new way. So I like what you said about that, like, you, you were pregnant and you were finished and you are like, whose body is this? Like everything yes. is different, mm-hmm. you know? So I guess if I ever decided to build one of those things called a baby, um, <laughs> I've definitely had to go through the process of like, stop doing all my training and having to come back like from, it's like Z- an injury. Your it's baby's hard. an injury. And it's Your so hard to injury. start over every time. Yeah. I don't like to listen to myself, like talk. Yeah, same. So like, I don't, 
I don't listen. Like, I watch our videos a uh-huh. lot because we're funny. <laughs> um, I don't listen to podcasts that I'm on. Like once I do it, I don't really go back and re-listen to it. Right. I just ask people if they liked it. And then sometimes we'll read comments and just try to respond back. So this one, I kind of knew going into it, even I, I like going there a lot. And me and Mark are going to start doing me like with his company, we're going to start doing a bit more work together. Mm-hmm. Um, I already know what I'm kind of getting myself into when it comes right. to people's reactions to me yeah. or comments and things like that. So I always and I like to say that you can't surprise me. Like I've heard everything. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. And, but sometimes I am surprised. Sometimes I like the creativity. Like, <laughs> of, the, <laughs> of the insult. Of the insult. Seriously. Like I like it when people get a little more creative with their insults. In fact, I usually comment back and I'm like, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Never heard that before. <laughs> I'm going mean, to like that can't comment. can't say that. <laughs> but I watched the video and I was like, okay, I'll just read the comments a little bit. And of course, there's comments in there that were nice or whatever. And then there was tons of, com- not tons of comments. There was comments that are mean and it's funny. We'll come back to some of those comments and I'll pull it up and we can read some. Uh, <laughs> so then you guys can see me the way that they see me. Uh, um, but what's funny is like we're getting ready to come to work. And even though I know that what they're saying isn't accurate, mm-hmm. even if it's not about like that, it's so forward of like, oh, this chick definitely does steroids. Oh, I bet her dick's so big. <laughs> Like, uh, you know, like all this kind of stuff. Who are these Like um, the other comments like about my appearance or whatever, it really changes the way that I see myself in the mirror and I can't even control it. Like I was trying to get ready and trying to get dressed and I'm over there and Gina's like, are you having a hard time getting dressed? I'm like, yes. I know. I don't want to wear. I'm like, does this look okay? Does this look okay? <laughs> and you look amazing. And I'm like in the bathroom and our bathroom has terrible lighting. So I'm like trying to do my makeup <laughs> and my hair, you know? And um, it's funny like that. Well, it's honest. I think it's so sad because I think that people are like, oh, no, you should just, you know, rise above. And and yeah, of course, you're going to do that. And of course, like at the core of you, you know that it's not true. But it, it of course, it's going to make an impact. You can't have people saying things like that and it not affect you. Yeah. Well, and, and you I know think what? That, I don't know if people really realize that. I don't know if they're just so rotten to the core. Yeah, that, I mean, there are rotten Or if they people. just feel so shitty about themselves that... They just need to lash out. I mean, I can honestly say I've never <clears throat> watched. I mean, I've definitely watched something before where I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. Or, you well, know, so I don't really I. like what they're saying or something like that. But to go out of your way to comment on somebody's looks or their um, just to be so cruel, it, it, it blows me away that they would feel comfortable doing something like that. It's really sad to me. Yeah. I mean, there are, you know. I try to remind myself like on even on Instagram and things mm-hmm. like that. But I think like my Instagram, I definitely get some mean comments. And now um, I'll get on some posts like more comments than other ones. And so I'll go through the comments and I try to comment back to people. And I do like and yeah, I do my own social media. <laughs> I'm not I'm not like a, a big celebrity that like doesn't do that. Right. So and I'll see mean comments and now I'll just erase them mostly just because I want if they're really mean you know, I just don't want one. I love my people and my fans because you guys, I mean, for the most part, you have a lot of, I think the ratio of positive oh, it's, versus negative. It's, I mean, it's the not positive even, outweighs. It's and not even close. What's awesome is when all of your fans or people that love you 
go after that person for you. Yeah. You don't even have and to. And that's the only time like when I have gone in and like really like just erased a comment because mm-hmm. if I feel like that's taking over the comment section right. and there's the whole idea too of like, you know, any, if they're talking like that's good, you know, it's good to have conversation. Mm-hmm. And, um, but sometimes I'll erase comments just cause I don't want like the vibe or the feeling or anyone new coming to my profile or anyone new coming to a YouTube video mm-hmm. to like go to comment and then, what you know maybe they watch it and they feel a certain way but then they read something and even if it's not what they believe but they're upset about it i don't want them to leave the video feeling upset or like feeling mm-hmm. mad at people or well and really it's you know you're already if you're already <clears throat> kind of wanting to you know you're trying to promote people not saying these terrible awful things and it's nice that when the fans are all like going after that person but then it also becomes like a like a witch hunt almost you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's kind of like two wrongs don't make a right. Like you yeah. don't want, you know, and it's nice of them to like want to do that for you. But then sometimes that gets out of hand, you know, when they're going after the person that's made the bad comment. Yeah. So you kind of don't want, you just don't want that negativity yeah. at all. But it's going to be there. Yep. And um, it's inevitable. I am not on steroids, people. No, you are and not. And I never have been. And unfortunately, not unfortunately, but like the way that I look, like my physique that is that's just a result of hard work and in my sport we don't like in crossfit and like this is this is for me to speak to among for everyone like i'm speaking i'm going to speak for all my friends in crossfit and for people that maybe aren't necessarily my close friends but and don't be mad if i'm speaking for you but we train for performance in mind we train for strength in mind and our bodies end up just looking the way that they're going to look based off of our genetics. And that's just the way that it is. It's like me, like I've been doing, you know, training high volume. I've been training the way I do for many years now. Mm -hmm. And like my weight is the same, you know, you definitely start, like things start to change and start to look a certain way. And that's a result of the hard work you're putting in. And I, like that's that's just the way that it is. Like that, this is what my body looks like. This is what it looks like with what my parents have given me, and that's it, you know. And so when what and what it's you're, beautiful. What, thanks, Gina. <laughs> you're beautiful. Tell me, I'm, tell me, I'm pretty. <laughs> you are pretty. But what I what I get irritated at is like people that can't just be logical. Like, okay, because I will tell you, I have 100% seen women and men that I can look at them and say, yeah. Okay. And that's even with me, that's not just looking at like me judging. No. It's more so like thinking, like looking at things and being pretty logical about a lot of stuff that are factors. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but like I would say for me, people want to initially, you don't want to, if you, if you can't quite believe something because it seems so like out of your reach or like, it couldn't be something that you could do. Right. Everything is now like, oh, well, that's not achievable without this. Oh, right. and so many, so many men that will say stuff too. I'm like, <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, a female could never have that without XYZ. And I love to come back and be like, well, you know, we were made the same way. Like, the right. only thing that makes me different than you is I have a vagina. 
<laughs> and ovaries, a uterus <laughs> and a uterus right and my hormone levels are mm-hmm. different than yours mm-hmm. but that's pretty much it like you can't like all of a sudden think oh like you ha- you can you just actually can't achieve any of that because you're a woman or you can't achieve any of that as a woman naturally but in reality we all have muscle we all you know we all have this stuff that when you put a let's say a training model and you commit to it for a very long time unless you yourself have done that and really tested it for a long time mm-hmm. you have no floor to stand on with deciding what someone can and cannot do with hard work and like hard work in a lot of things diet sleep like all these outside factors that allow you to be the best at your sport and also we understand that people that are the, are the best at their sport you're a less than one percent that may not be something that everyone can actually do but you sure. want to know why they probably can't one could be a genetic thing two could be because you don't want to put in years of training and focus and time right. and effort you know and so for me it's like okay let's think logically about like the human body or let's think logically about how a baby is made in my case i'm going to stop real quick uh read the sport gene it's a book read that book mm-hmm. and then make some claims and when even when i read it it opened like i already felt a certain way but like it opened my eyes to be like oh and it's like stuff that you're sense. like, wow, like I don't know why I never thought of it that way. You're a baby, embryo or whatever. Um, you have two people that made you. If you come out as a girl, it doesn't mean only your mom made you. Right. If you come out as a boy, it doesn't mean only your dad made you. Also, all boys start as women. So, fuck. Is that true? Yes. I did not know all that. Embry- all babies are girls before they turn into boys. That's a real thing. Yeah. All, ba- all babies have, have ovaries and your ovaries drop into testicles. So I want, yes. Is that a real thing? That's a real thing. And that's (laughs) a hormone thing. That's like when you start to, like your hormones, you get your chromosomes, right? Yeah. But babies all start as female. Oh my God. My sister used to just like tease my son so much and tell him that he was born a girl and turned into a boy. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess that's actually true. No, He wasn't born a girl, but yeah. So for for instance, in the sport gene, they kind of talk about very, very specific cases in the Olympics. And I'm not going to get into it because I don't have the book and I can't be very specific. But just think about it this way. When you're a baby, you receive characteristics from both parties, from your your male and female counterparts. Right. So there are characteristics that can allow you to be better at certain things based on your body. And so, for instance, like a male, if you guys aren't watching the video, I threw up my quotation. (laughs) A male characteristic is like narrow hips broad shoulders, long forearms, narrow hips for like running, you know, being mm-hmm. able to like be really agile, long forearms for throwing. And you can like take a lot of these characteristics like back to like, just like through evolution, right? Of like what you needed to do. And um, like women have hips cause they're childbearing hips. Like I, I was literally told one time, like maybe when you have a baby, your hips will widen and you'll have more of a female figure. Like your balls dropping, your hips will drop. <laughs> My hips will drop and land wide and outside. And to me, I was like, I don't want wider hips. Like, don't, you know, like you're, you're ar- fine the way you are. Yeah. Yeah. But like, for instance, like, yeah, um, one, my arms are different lengths. Kind of weird. Uh, 
they end up being kind of similar, mm-hmm. but I have, and if you guys, you might be able to see it through photos on Instagram. I haven't really looked at it. I should post something to really show it. Yeah. My forearm is longer on one side by almost an inch, and my humerus, is that how you say it? I don't, you were asking is, the wrong person. Is same thing on the other side, like a little bit shorter by just over like half an inch. And you can see it if you look at like the length of my biceps, like if I like stand in like an anatomical anatomical position. Mm-hmm. Um. I have narrow hips. I don't have really broad shoulders, though. But there are characteristics that you get from your your father, from your male donator, (laughs) that can make that can definitely allow you to be better at certain things that happen to be very athletic, right? Running, sprinting, jumping, all these things that um, are male-dominated sports or whatever. We're made to look this way. So, if you think about it, just when you make a baby, it's like you're going to get characteristics from both parties. And that's just the way that it is because that's how you make babies. And depending on, now we want to figure this out. It's like depending on your interests growing up, you could literally be perfect. I, you, Gina, remember how the, the doctor told you that you had like a dancer break in your foot? And I was like, I didn't know you were a dancer. Yeah, a ballerina, ballerina break. Ballerina. Yes. You're physically, let's say all of your characteristics, your Everything could make you perfect. Oh, like for a to certain... be a ballerina, okay? Right. But if you never are interested in that, and you don't develop the skills to be the best at that, then you won't be that, and your body may never develop to look exactly to look like, like what a typical ballerina looks Makes like. Sense. So it's a good point. It's like, and they talk. There's actually, uh, I don't remember which country it was. They did, they did, did a study. I think it was through like the Winter Olympics. And they took people from from different sports mm-hmm. that because of like characteristics that they had, because of their explosiveness or like all these things that they had. Oh, they could like they notice it early like, and like groom be, them. But no, this was actually, I think it wasn't early. It was like later. Oh, okay. but they basically took people and they did like a study and they moved them into different sports and trained them in that because based off of, it was like a hypothesis, based off of. Those things, they should and could be really good at this. And they did that, and it was actually very successful. Um, I shouldn't say very successful, but they, they basically proved that. You know, but if you don't, if you, you could be built to be, you know, a pole vaulter. But if you don't ever have the interest in doing that, you won't you have never that. Know, because right? no matter, like, people that want to say, oh, they're genetics. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you may have the genetics for it, mm-hmm. but it still takes a ridiculous amount of hard work. You have to develop that. Right. You have to develop that. And then based off of how you're built, that can definitely lend a hand into that sport. It's like in CrossFit, you start to see a lot of, like, the top-level people all start to kind of have very similar physiques, similar height. And there might be outliers in there, you know, there, we used to see taller guys in the CrossFit games years back, Mm -hmm. but that's also before the sport and the people have become so developed and so good. Mm -hmm. And you start to weed out people that can't be good at everything, can't be like really good at everything because you're not built for it. It's like putting some, like putting you on a rower next to like Keely from the gym. Right. Well, like, well, how she'd tall still is she? probably kick how, my ass. But, how, but yes. how tall is she? No, I don't know, like five foot. Yes. <laughs> how tall are you? Almost five ten. Yes. Yeah. You're built for a rower. You're built for right. like wall balls. If if you have a high wall ball target, mm-hmm. anyone who's small hates it because they can't 
it's like so much harder to get the ball to the target. Right. But then you take someone like Keely and put her doing toe to bar. Oh, yeah. Handstand push-ups. And you're do- fucked. <laughs> I am. You know, it's like, right. I'm fucked because it doesn't matter how right, fast you're on the, I move. I feel like you're on the taller side but, of, of but, some of the athletes. But I am. If you look at the people that you would say, we're all very similar. Mm-hmm. Me, Katrin, Sarah. Are you guys all the same height? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like very similar uh-huh. and all physically built quite very, the same. Yeah. Um, Annie is taller, but not much. And then you have like, like Brooke Wells, she's... She's about my height too, maybe a little. Is she? No, I think a little, she's maybe a, than you. I don't think so. Maybe really? a little bit smaller. Oh, okay. So I'm just under five seven. Yeah. And um, well, it's funny how many people see you and they're like, "You're so tight. You're so much smaller than I yeah. thought." You see me in per- most people see me in person. They're like, "Oh my god, you're so much smaller than, <laughs> you than I thought you were." You're like my little baby. I can I can carry you like a baby. Jean's always like, "I'm just gonna put you in my pocket." <laughs> but yeah, so moral of this moral of this conversation, besides the fact that I'm not on steroids, so go fuck yourself, um, is that. Think logically, like before you want to judge anybody, one, you don't know them. Two, you don't know their parents. Three, you don't know their background. Right. You know, you don't know anything about them. So sh- shut up. <laughs> well, you I know? just feel like people should get educated. But I, I honestly think that just some people just like to be mean. Well, I'm 100. Yeah. I actually think that people are paid to troll. Maybe. Hmm. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. What a, sh- what a shitty job. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate you and want to stay connected with you. So please rate, review, and subscribe to help this podcast grow. And if you like the podcast, get the word out. And now back to the show. I remember when I was little in like elementary school, I definitely remember going to the bathroom with my friends and showing off our underwear we were wearing. Nice. Oh, okay. Okay. But that's like as far as we took it. So when I was mm-hmm. much... Well, you say it like that, like everyone else has a different story. What? <laughs> I mean, like, like well, wait, we're talking about like vaginas. Like I literally uh, didn't fully understand like that, like you said, Matt, that vaginas are like snowflakes, snowflakes or yes, fingerprints. very different. <laughs> we, should, very different. we should print them. Dude, I feel like for criminals. Oh my god! What if like that was that was the like we did roll ink on it. We did we did, we did art an art show and all it is is prints of like your stamp. Someone's definitely done that. Yeah, it has to. Have if not of your vagina. Should. What they yeah. should do is that oh. for the Hollywood Walk of Fame instead of handprints. <laughs> <laughs> and then for dudes, just balls. Just a dong. Uh, Can you imagine being Matt out came on today? Like, he didn't realize he was our expert on vaginas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So today we're talking about vaginas. Uh, um, yeah. Well, he would be more of an expert. You see more. I mean, I can't even see mine unless I'm like. That's true. That's true. I've definitely I mean, in, my, in my life I've been closer to one than I imagine either of you have. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know yeah. how you party. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, I'm not a get, yeah. Right. Parties. Not against. I always said I'd saying. be the most selfish lesbian. I saw a T-shirt the other day that said. I'm not gay, but $20 is $20. I'm not gay. I just like to party. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. uh, Dongs are relatively relatively all the same. Occasionally, you get an outlier, and you're like, oh, fascinating. What do you do with that? (laughs) Where does that go? terrifying. But, like, the first time I realized, like, vaginas were different Uh was the the real first time that, like, I I fully changed in front of other girls. I grew up dancing. So like quick changes or kind of getting almost naked was super normal. Like I definitely, I'm a nudist. You are a nudist. You literally like 
<laughs> I'm not a big fan of the clothes. She walks around naked the whole time. All the time. All the time. Fair. Yeah. I remember my best, one of my best friends, and she was a roommate of mine in college. She used to, <laughs> she loved it because like she'd come home, like not have her key, and I would, oh, I would always greet her in the nude. It's <laughs> always naked. It does not surprise me. So. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome home. Yeah. It's one confidence. Day, this one is day, all this will be yours. <laughs> it's, it's a weird, weird butler you have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know. But yeah, first time, change of clothes. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to direct, I'm not going to look at it. Yeah, you don't want to look like you're, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to glance too And I don't want to like, for you to know that I'm looking at it, mm-hmm. because if you ask me what I'm looking at, or my opinion, I don't know if I could like be honest. You're hip. You. Yeah. <laughs> like someone's going to be like, so what do you think? <laughs> I mean, I might. So really, yeah. what do you think? Like with you, I might yeah. be like, will you, will you check me out? Yeah, yeah. no, you're okay. good. What you're do you good. think this the thing first time, looks like? Glanced it. Is it a disaster? Right. What, what what am I working with here? Yeah. First time glance and thought, huh, huh, different yeah. than mine. Well, I guess I realized that I got into porn probably way earlier than a human should have. <laughs> what do you mean if you got into it, you were just Not watching it? participating. Dabbling? <laughs> I lived in Chatsworth for no, quite some time. I uh, found a plethora of porn at a young age. Okay. And then... Definitely didn't shape my probably as a sex, sexual appetite the correct way. Okay, if I well, was guessing. On that note, <laughs> on, that yeah. note. <laughs> on that note, everybody, welcome, welcome to Between the Reps between the <laughs> with, Brooke, with and Brooke and Gina. And we have a guest today, a really good friend of mine, is, is Matt Vincent. And Matt, welcome, Matt. Yeah, he welcome. We, now that you've like learned, a welcome, Matt. Like you'd step on. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Um, that was a good pun. More like, more like a welcome. If you were a welcome, Matt, mm-hmm. you'd be one that I'd have on the inside of the house. The people already wipe their shoes on the outside mat. Nice. You know, you'd be the inside mat. And more, I would be made of like memory foam. Like memory cushy. foam. Oh, soft. Yeah, you'd step in, you'd be like, I'll stay here. Yeah. And maybe around where your name also is. Also heated. Yeah, warm. But not too thick, though, because you used to be a fat mat. Used to be a bit chunkier. Yeah. Which I didn't, I thought I had recognized him. I met, I met you, what, 2015. Yeah, you met a different version of yeah, it. like a one point. And I said, I I think I I think I've met you before. You like you look familiar, and you're like, oh yeah yeah, we met in Tahoe. And I was like, oh my god. And you're like, I was a lot fatter. <laughs> I was a lot fatter, fatter, back, then. Then. A lot fatter back then. That's what they call yeah. it. When you lose well, you look sixty amazing. pounds of adipose tissue, that's <laughs> what you got rid of. <laughs> well, Matt Vincent is a two times world champ Highland Games. Yeah. And we are on the podcast today. Besides just talking a little bit about. I mean, everything about you and a lot of the different businesses that you are doing and a lot of different fitness and health backgrounds that you have, but we are going to touch base on the Highland Games because one, honestly, the only stuff that I even know about it is from when we've talked about right. it. Gina has no idea about it. No clue. Yeah, it's a, I think, it's I think a weird most sport. People, a lot of people I just feel like it's a, people Especially in the United States. Like throwing logs. You're not wrong. Okay. You're not, you're not far off. Yeah. I'm like, That's yeah. how I just, when yeah. people are like, Highland Games, huh? And, and then they immediately think it's the stone lifting, like strong man, and then you have to correct them. Um, and you're like, you know, chubby guys and kids throwing a telephone pole, and they're like, all right. And I'm like, well, there's eight other events, too, and we have right. all those. Okay, so why don't we, we'll start there. We'll go over we'll the actually, events. We'll actually start with Highland Games first. Perfect. Highland Games talk. Yeah, the um, Highland Games. First of all, before we get the events, just how did you start? So I was a thrower in college. So okay. I shot disc hammer at uh, LSU. And then I was super average at all three of those. And uh, <laughs> well, it's not wrong to say that. Like, 
If you were 10% better than me as a collegiate thrower, you would have thrown, I don't know, like 66 feet, which is far enough to kind of chase it post-collegiately and like maybe kid yourself about going to trials or the Olympics. Uh-huh. And then if you were 10% worse than me, you were terrible. Yeah. So, yeah. Average. average. <laughs> <laughs> In three okay. sports. Perfect. So- you know, and, and all three events. And then got out of that. Uh, took a few years off of lifting and did a bike shop thing for a while, and then uh, got back into lifting during what strongman. Kind of bikes? What kind of bikes? So, um, like road bikes, mountain okay. bikes. Owned a bicycle shop for four or five years, and then when that failed, um, got back into training and did strongman for a couple years. Did powerlifting for a couple years. Uh, did some weightlifting, and then finally did a Highland Games, and really liked it and realized I was good at it. Since if you were a thrower in college, it's like cheating. Yeah, you're going into it knowing how to do things already, mm-hmm. and so and having just like a full athletic background. I mean, you knew how to you know how to move your body with lo- like all different types of load, especially coming from strongman competition. Right, and so I was already like strong enough things. to do it, and then with the throwing background and knowing how to apply force like that to a stone or, or shot put or any of that, like it's a real easy transition. Is the Highland? I mean, did you do your first competition? In the states, yeah, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so most of the time I competed was in the states. Okay, um, they have them like every yeah, weekend. You think of like Scotland. Well, yeah, 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 of course. And so, so like, they're everywhere, everywhere. Okay, and so they have them as usually like part of big festivals. So it's like a rin- Renaissance festival. I've been to a Renaissance like festival. Oh, okay. and they, they did have that there actually. Yeah, so that's typically where we would compete. Um, so I did <clears> a couple <throat> years as an amateur, uh, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. 2009, 2010 were like the first full seasons I did. And then 2011, uh, I got to go to, I won an amateur world championship. And then two weeks later, went to the professional world championship, which was a shock. I was supposed to go the following year, but they were just like, you're there in two weeks. I'm like, sick. (laughs) (laughs) You're ahead of schedule. Yeah. So showed up, threw well, took second. Where was that? Where um, was that at? Where do they usually have that? Worlds that that year was at Loon Mountain in uh, New Hampshire. Oh, okay. Okay. So. So they vary the States, every year. Right. Worlds, okay. worlds rotates. Um, it was in 2012, was the first full year as a professional, uh, threw and then won a world championship in Fergus, Ontario. And then 2013, took second. 2014, I won again in Scotland. Yeah, because I remember oh, we had talked cool. about that and I knew that you had been over there. So was that like the first fun. time you competed over there? No, I'd gone... I'd gone the year before in 13 uh, and did a couple games. Okay. So I would get invited over, and if it's different over there. So instead of it being like every weekend and part of a festival, you could do like three in a week. Oh, okay. Oh. So. Is it part of a festival over there too? Yeah, or but is the it... festivals are smaller. And so it's a little so bit less. So do they have more experience thing. doing it because they're doing it more often? Yeah. Or because it's, I, I guess, yes I, no, I right? feel like it's from there. It, they're they're good at it, right? Like they're yeah. technically good at the sport, but they don't have the same depth that we do athletically because there's just not as many people. Got okay. it. Yeah. We have a, a lot of folks in the states that are guys like me that weren't great throwers in college that are still looking for a thing to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so some of them make their way into the Highland Games and do real well. And you won that one. I won the one in Scotland. Yeah. So worlds That's in Scotland. Cool. Was pretty that is cool. cool. And both of the worlds that I did like came down to like last event, last throw, which were real fun. So there's eight, eight events. So what, yeah, what so are we, they? So we throw nine total events. Um, so we throw two stones, look just like the shot put. Okay. Uh, one of them you throw standing. It's a heavier stone, like 22 pounds. Then we throw a lighter one that you get full approach, so you can spin or glide or whatever it is. And that one's 16. Um, we throw two weights for distance. And so it's basically a steel block, a couple links of chain, and a ring handle on it. 
And you hold the hand. Yeah, so you throw it with one hand and you throw it. It kind of looks like the discus. Okay. Um, so two spins and throw it. So you throw a 28-pound as a light, and you throw a heavy, which is 56. And then we throw two hammers, which is a 22- or 16-pound ball on the end of a stick. Mm-hmm. And so you stand still and swing it around your head and throw it as far as you can. And then, so that's six events. We throw a 56 over a bar for height. We throw the caber, which is the telephone pole. That everyone's mostly familiar okay. with. Okay. The big, yeah. you have to like you cradle it. Yeah, like yeah. This. You pick yeah. it up off the ground, then you run with it and try to flip it in uh-huh. the other end. Um, and then we occasionally, not so much in Scotland, but in the States, we throw a lot in an event called the sheaf, which is like a 20-pound burlap bag that you throw with a pitchfork for height. Whoa. Oh. So, yeah, I traveled with a pitchfork as athletic gear. <laughs> Yes. I have my own pitchfork. No and, and I bitch about like when I travel for <laughs> like the gear you oh, have to bring. God. Just because I like, traveled <laughs> with so much stuff, dude. Did like, you drive everywhere? No, no. I flew. I flew How everywhere many bags in the states. Did so you take one? But what I <laughs> buy <laughs> is this big rolling plastic toolbox, like from <clears throat> from Home Depot. Uh huh. And so I've got boots, soccer cleats, spikes, gloves. A belt, chalk, tacky spray, uh, tape, everything in there. Mm-hmm. Knee sleeves, fucking belt, all the regular yeah. bullshit too, right? Mm-hmm. And it it doesn't check in as oversized. No, so as long as you no. can keep it under fifty pounds, you just put locks on it and send it. Nice. And they will destroy them. <laughs> uh. <laughs>